Hey guys, this is Brooke Lewis Bellis from I Murders and Slime City Massacre, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. You know, all of y'all have been showing a lot of support to us, and we really appreciate it. And tonight, we're really excited. We have another awesome guest interview on the show. I'm just going to go ahead and introduce her. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Brooke Lewis Bellis, Brooke is an actress and producer known for the 2008 thriller *I Murders*, where she played opposite of Billy D. Williams, Gabrielle Anwar, Tony Todd, and Frank Grillo. She has nearly 100 credits to her name as actress, producer, and writer. Miss Lewis Bellis, thank you for joining us. How are you doing this evening? Hey guys, don't go out there. I love yeah, it. Thank love you it. so. I love your show title. I love what you guys are doing. I love, love, love the horror community. No matter what I do, and you guys know this, and I say it all the time. I mean, I've done Broadway. I've done network sitcoms. I know we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. And I, I haven't done as much horror lately, and I want to. And I just love my horror fans and friends more than anything. That is one community that I'm so blessed to have fallen into. And you guys are just the most loyal, hardworking supportive and i just shout out to all the horror fans and listeners from my heart truly thank you for having me yeah they really are the best yep love it love it oh, we're, the, we're definitely the most diehard fans yeah we're definitely loyal <laughs> no doubt right like i always say that to people i go you know no matter like i think you guys know like you thank you so much and i'm so flattered by your compliments and all the credits and stuff and like you said with you know 60 film and television under my belt over 20 years plus now like i think i've only done maybe 15 horror pieces out of all of them and I have most fans are my horror fans you know and they follow me everywhere comedy tv it doesn't matter so I feel like one lucky actress producer oh yes ma'am you were born in Philadelphia according to your bio can you tell us a little bit about what got you into acting Yes. So I was a crazy child, very crazy. <laughs> and my parents were divorced when I was two. And, you know, like when I think when you go through sort of childhood trauma of sorts and stuff, you know, you find other outlets. And I found creative outlets. And one of them was literally I would sit by the television. I say this all the time because it's my first memory, you know, until I became like a horror fan when I was young. And I would sit by the TV and I would literally watch like shows on TV on Saturday nights you know, and I would talk to the characters as if they were like my friends. And I was that crazy, you know, and then I was totally in love with vampires since five years old. Truly, it like obsessed. Like I, I used to have dreams, like fantasies about being bitten on the neck by a vampire when I was like a little girl. <laughs> That's how crazy I am, I swear. And then I was singing and dancing at a young age. And it was just a great, like creative outlet for me to deal with issues and stuff and we all have issues and stuff so I started my mom actually started putting me in like local drama classes writing classes singing classes when I was pretty young you know and then I really started getting active in high school um you um so you kind of touched on what you know what got you into the horror genre so since we are a horror movie podcast here can you tell us about your history within the genre and what 
if you have a favorite franchise that maybe you weren't in or maybe you were in, uh, you know, just some of your general horror uh, thoughts. Absolutely. So, I mean, I got to say, I got to probably give, and I know we just off air talked about Robert England. Like, I got to give props to, well, there's so many. I mean, first and foremost, and way before my time, our time was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. And I will stand behind that all the way. That is one of the most, the original, one of the most right. brilliant films, I think, in the horror genre ever made. And I still, to this day, have visions of like renting the film when I was a teenager or whatever and like watching it and, thinking about like Ed Neal and you know I can talk like you guys are true blue horror fans so the cult fans will really get this like Ed Neal when, when he's in the van and cuts his hand open you know yep. and yep. it's so right right you're like <laughs> you didn't expect me to have as much horror knowledge but I was a horror fan before I was a horror scream queen yes and so it. right and so like those moments and this is what I think the true blue horror fans really get how chilling that was right like it chilled me to my core my spine and like but it wasn't that graphic or gratuitous right? right it was a simple beat and moment in a brilliant franchise that we remember to this day and that's what i love about smart horror like you've probably heard me talk a lot oh, about yeah. in articles and stuff over the years like and and shout out to one of my besties stacy lane wilson who directed i know we're going to jump around but ricky dean logan and i in psychotherapy and stacy and i that's like an homage to brian de palma so again one of my very first intros to right. what i love so much which i'll jump back to the franchise stuff in a second but i've always had a, a draw toward like the thrillers as you know which i choose to act in a lot of them but right. brian de palma and blowout and dressed to kill and those yep. like smart horror thrillers really Absolutely. right like have always been my jam and they're so smart and that's what pisses me off when people like downplay horror or criticize it they're like oh it's dark it's stupid it's you know gratuitous and yes there are many and we know there are but right but there are so many smart like it's those thrillers and and the fun franchises from the 80s and shout out of course back segueing back around to robert Engel, like like you know nightmare on elm street i mean i grew up as it you know in my late teens nightmare on elm street was the mm -hmm. jam my jam and i love them to this day and to have had the opportunity to work with or do horror convention signings opposite ricky dean logan lisa wilcox yep. who i love who you had on the show like these wonderful actors true actors you know i, I feel so lucky so that's that's my franchise and again i know of course in all with with due respect franchise shout out to Candyman. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna ask you about that mm -hmm. it, it is coming go ahead sorry well uh like we kind of touched on in the intro a little bit um one of your most famous roles is where you played uh, agent laurie romano in that uh, 08 thriller i murders um can you tell us a little bit about that role and how it was, you know, playing opposite of some of these Hollywood legends you just brought up, such as, you know, Candyman himself, Tony Todd, obviously, and Gabrielle Anwar and William Forsyth and Frank Grillo and, and the others? You know, it it was surreal. And it's so funny because I know it's all these years later. And when you guys like speak of the film and, and did my intro, thank you again. And you say like you got to work with Tony Todd, Billy Dee Williams, awesome. William Forsyth, Gabrielle Anwar, Frank Grillo. And it's like, you know, it's crazy. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your bell's ringing. Apologize. Um, <laughs> no but it's it's scary here. But um, <laughs> so to work with those greats is it's still like I pinch myself because I can hardly believe it. And it's so funny, like to share with you guys and the listeners when I'll never forget. So so 
I, we had just come off of, and this is really to share, and we can segue back around because it's hilarious how I became a scream queen. It was never planned. I am blessed and grateful, you know, to have that title bestowed upon me with Showtime's Kinky Killers. And that's the funniest story ever. So I'll leave it to you guys if you want to hear about it, but we'll stay on I Murders for now. That being said, we had just like, I had just kind of broken out in the horror thriller mystery genre with Kinky Killers on Showtime three nights a week for two years straight. And became the new quote unquote it scream queen so we dove into eye murders shortly after where kendall vecchio my producing partner back in new york at the time and robbie bryan and christy Botello, robbie was directing eye murders and they were producing it and we collaborated with them to bring the film to fruition it took them several years like four years to make it happen and so I, when I found out, when they cast me as Lori Romano, and I was one of the executive producers of many, and they said, you're going to be partnered with Tony Todd. Now, I, when I was young, oh my gosh, Candyman scared <laughs> the hell out of me. I mean, I'm telling you, like, my, my, one of my boyfriends in high school, like, would turn, like, drive me into the woods after we saw it, turn the mirror on me and say Candyman five times, and I almost had a heart attack. No, so, <laughs> I'm telling you, so I was horrified. So that, like, stayed with me forever. And here I am now, grown up, and to, like, I was, I was getting anxiety. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm just starting next to Candyman. Oh my God. Not to mention, you guys, and you know, because, you know, Tony Todd's a dear friend of mine and he's a huge, big, lovable teddy bear, but the guy is what, six, five and ginormous, huge. right? And I'm five feet tall and yeah, five, six in heels, but you know, I'm like this little bitty thing and he's huge. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so intimidating. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I will never forget. Like I was excited. I was anxious. I was scared. And I went on to set the very first day and there he was when we had our scenes together and he was, gave me the biggest bear hug, welcomed me, was so <laughs> supportive. Yeah, so complimentary. And again, like I have to give him props, you guys. Like he's such a brilliant actor, like a true blue actor. He's not just some scream king, you know? And like, again, he deserves the acknowledgement he's done. If people are really to go fans and go look at his body of work, it's pretty tremendous, you know? Yeah. So what an incredible, and then, oh my gosh, like I'm telling the fun, here's the best part. And we laugh to this day. I Murders was my worst acting performance I've ever given. How's that? Truly. And I joke about it, but I think I let the nerves and there was a lot going on behind the scenes. And it was an indie film with all these big stars. And, you know, we put so much money into the cast. Again, like I said, I was one of the executive producers and Robin, Robbie Bryan and I were like, you know, overwhelmed at times. And we talk about we're still best friends to this day. And we talk about it. And it's like, it was a little intimidating. And Gabriel Anwar, I mean, we're talking right. scent of a woman, right? Exactly. I mean, you guys probably had like fantasies about Gabrielle Amor. She's so beautiful. Burn to burn notice, Florida, right? Yes. So like even just to work with Gabrielle, who was such a brilliant actress. I mean, what an honor. But I'm telling you, all that stuff kind of threw me a little bit as an actress, you know, honestly. And I look back, I watch it now and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I made such bad choices as an actor and mistakes. And so I have those regrets personally, but professionally, again, I actually needed that film after Kinky Killers, which I thought was going to destroy my career. <laughs> but, you know, God rest Charles Durning from Dog Day Afternoon and Tootsie and Best Little Horace in Texas, the genius of a man he is, rest his soul in the ground. Like he must be, when, when they titled that film Kinky Killers, I thought we would all like die. But <laughs> <laughs> but it gave me a career as a scream queen and yeah. 
I, again, it's hilarious, but that's how life works and that's how career works. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm a very, very serious professional, but at the same time, I really have learned to have thicker skin and I've learned to, you know, kind of self-deprecate and make fun of myself and of my career because you kind of have to like, cause you just never know where life or career is going to take you. Right. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about the day for the living dead. It, it's kind of set in that glitzy fifties Hollywood time period. And you just don't see that a lot, especially in horror. So uh, talk a little about your experience on that. Yes. So that's, I'm so excited to talk about it. You guys are probably getting like one of the first exclusives about the day of the living dead because yeah, it's, it's a film that we shot quite a few years ago and it never got a proper release. And so they, they edited it, they updated it, they did pickups and I'll shout out to the amazing Thomas Churchill, who is a dear friend of mine from New York for a million years and a wonderful, wonderful director. He's really starting to blow up. And we had done this film, the day of the living dead, and it's very much a zombie story, like you said, but yes, it is set in glitz and glamor of Hollywood, 1957, which you guys know. Yes, I love, oh my gosh. Totally. Who doesn't love old Hollywood, you know? And so it's really interesting because it's shot partially in black and white, partially in color. And it is sort of a bit of a mystery, you know, and it traces the steps of the lead character, Lazarus, who discovers that employees of the Seven Deadly Sins company are being sort of poisoned. And so there's a whole insurance fraud situation. Here's another this I want to share with your listeners that you'll love this. So when we first were they were in development for the film. Thomas Churchill and I had coffee and he offered me one of the lead roles and I was totally in love with the role and it was a very sexy role and so on and so forth and this is so funny but not this is part of my my crazy career so I have horrible horrible allergies and asthma bad and I'm allergic to most animals unfortunately even I love dogs and you know but I'm allergic so anytime there are animals on set I can't be there so they were filming all of that character scenes in his cousin's dog kennel. Like, like dog, they were using it. I'm not even kidding you guys. Like Jeez. a dog oh, no, kennel, no. I swear, right? So he's he tells me this, and thankfully he was so honest and respectful, and he's like, I'm worried about your health. I'm like, I can't do it. So I ended up Ooh. rereading the script, yeah, and choosing. I said, so it was funny because he offered me a couple other roles, which is so, I hear myself talking, and I'm like, I have to pinch myself again in gratitude for the fact that like, look at me, who am I? I'm nobody. And I get to like choose roles and get direct offers on these indie films. And it's magical. Right. right? So like he comes to me and he said, you know, here's a, a couple other supporting roles that are great that you could, that are meaty. And I went to him and there was a role that was written for a much older actress. And he was in talks with a very, very famous mainstream slash horror actress. I won't say the name. And he was in talks with her. And I said, why don't you let me play that part? And he was like, really? And it was an older role for me, much older for me. But I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll make me look a little bit older. We'll be just more sophisticated. We'll play down the sex, sexual part of right. me or whatever. Right. And we did. And, you know, it's a supporting role, but it was a great, fun role for me to play. And the cast, like I ended up bringing in for them, Natalie Victoria from Deadheads, who is just beautiful and one of my dearest friends and she's the female lead in this and they have James Duvall and they have um, Josh Hammond from Jeepers Creepers and 
Okay. Oh yeah, like a really great cast. So so it is getting an on-demand TV release from what I have been told so far, and it should be out, I believe, either end of summer or fall. So we're really excited. I'm really excited yeah. about that. It's always nice when you work hard on a project and it finally gets the proper release that it deserves, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it sounds great. Actually, all of these movies sound great that uh, you know, looking at some of them, um, especially this one. I mean, you got a number of projects coming down the pipeline, but, you know, one of them is the uh, second age of Aquarius. Um, the plot summary, again, sounds very interesting as it it's, it opens up with the question, uh, ever wonder what it would be like to bring your favorite dead rock star back to life? So I mean, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that and your role as uh, Tawny Stevens in that movie? Absolutely. So again, shout out to Stacey Lane Wilson, who again is not only, you know, a great writer, brilliant writer and great director and one of my besties. And it's so great to have that girl power in Hollywood and to get to work together with, you know, people who who know who I am as an actress and write me these incredible roles, you know, that I know I can sink my teeth into and that they, <laughs> funny pun intended, my fangs into, <laughs> and um, that they know though that you know, I'm going to love and be inspired by. And that's really all I ever want as an actress is it's not about the money. You know, it's not even about the fame anymore. It's really about doing great roles that are fun and that excite me. And so Stacy partnered for quite some time, actually, with Darren Gordon Smith from Repo you know, Repo fame, okay. right. right, genetic rock opera. So uh, they partnered and they wrote this incredible indie film that they had had at some big production company for a while. And then it got turned around, which happens all the time in Hollywood. And they said, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's just make it ourselves. We'll do it as an indie indie. And so it is an indie indie. And she had come to me and she said, do you want to read the script? And I actually was able to raise a bit of money for them for the film. And so I was like, let me read this. And, you know, she's so cute. She's like, yeah, but there's only like a supporting role for you and I'm like I don't care if it's a great role <laughs> right count me in mm -hmm. so it is so sweet you guys it's in post-production we shot it um in so we shot my stuff we shot in like November of last year right before I had to bounce to go up to Reno Nevada to shoot Mark Klebanoff's TV series Stripped which we can talk about later that I got to star in with the Casper Van Dien and so fall was really busy for me, fortunately, which is, I'm so grateful since, you know, the world's in hell right now. But so um, <laughs> anyway, back to Second Age of Aquarius. So she comes through this film and we shoot it. And then they ended up filming all of December, which I was not there for because of uh, filming in Reno, Nevada, the other TV show. And so the star of the film is Christina Jacqueline Kalf and Michael Orso. I always say his name, Ursu, Ursu, and right, Michael Ursu. And so it's just the sweetest. It's like a sci-fi, sort of sci-fi, more comedy music with a hologram. And I have to be careful what I say, because again, it's only in post, but right. they are so talented. Those two crazies, Stacey and Darren <laughs> and, and Nancy Long, Darren, Darren's wife and producing partner. And she stars in it. It just a wonderful, wonderful group of hardworking, talented people who I love personally and also professionally. And it is so great to have an opportunity to work with people like that who, again, know your strengths and your weaknesses. And so she said to me, check out the role. 
to play Christina's young mom, Tawny Stevens. So the story without giving too much away, but it's really such a sweet piece where, um, the, where my daughter, Alberta actually, so we're originally from New Jersey and Alberta suffers from like anxiety disorder, kind of like agoraphobia. And she gets that, but she, so she's really great on with tech and on the computer. And so she gets this great job in California, leaves me, her mom, her young mom across to go across the country to California. And she's living there, but she works mainly from home in her apartment because of her anxiety and everything and doing it. And so then Nana, my mom, and again, I had her when I was like 18 years old or 17 years old and Nana practically raised her, my mom. So I am Tawny Stevens stuck in the eighties, her mom in Jersey. And so it opens with, (laughs) right. I'm not kidding with Nana dying. And so I play Tawny Stevens, her mom. I am like totally like, stuck in the 80s that crazy 80 like a video vixen stacy wrote me the role okay like like think of tawny the beautiful tawny katane who i know and love right that's it right so she's like that rocker hair and she's got the black rocker jacket and concert shirts i wear an acdc and a def leppard concert shirt and (laughs) it's great and like leopard pants and Allison Noel, shout out to Allison Noel, my makeup artist, my hair and makeup stylist, like she jumped in and she created this whole 80s look for me. And it truly is like Video Vixen. And of course, I'm from Jersey. So I get to talk a little like, um, you know, <laughs> oh, honey. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I get to do that jerk since I'm half from Jersey, Philly and Jersey. You know, it's like, oh, honey, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it was so much fun, so much fun. So, and what a great cast again. They got the Keishan Giles and, and my buddy Drew McEnany, we, we put in it. And just a really fun, fun, heartfelt film that I think the world needs more of. So again, really comedy, music, and a little bit of that like tech, you know, a little bit right. of hologram stuff, but a sci-fi component of it for sure. That sounds that sound great. That sounds yeah. so fun. That sounds great to me, yeah. It is so fun, you guys. You're gonna love it. I can't. I have a new. Obviously, like I said, it's in post production. We have not even seen the finished cut yet. I cannot wait. I mean, and again, I know you can't say too much about it, but I mean, you've also got a, a TV show you're part of uh, coming up called uh, Red Rooms, which which is a great name. And all of these, again, these all of these summaries sound so interesting and amazing. So for those of you unfamiliar with the summary on this, just listen to this real fast. So in the darkest corners of the dark net, there are places where victims are held captive, psychologically tortured, live streamed, then given a chance to escape if they confess their worst sins, preserving them online for eternity in Red Rooms. So, I mean, oh. that's, that sounds great. Uh, Can you tell us a little sounds, bit about that? Yes, that's some serious horror. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like you guys are going to freaking love this. Okay, so I'll tell you a little, and I can because I own it. Um, all right, so this is how this came to pass. So I remember I was saying all fall I was super busy and very gratefully so and so we shot um so joshua butler who is a very famous television director and pretty famous film indie film director we met so i got i just got to share this because this is how life works again so joshua butler and i met back in 2008 beginning of 2008 um or summer 2008 probably we were on the horror movie circuit for the festivals we sort of toured together in some you know, weird way from 08 to 09 when Robbie, Brian, and I did Eye Murders. And so Josh at the same time had his film Vlog with Twisted Pictures, which for any of you younger kids, that is the Saw franchise group. Right. So Vlog came out. It was a huge success. I mean, they went on to win like every feature film award and we were always like neck and neck. It was great. But Josh,
Josh was amazing. And he and I became the dearest of friends. And that's how long we've known each other. And so, so then vlog got picked up by MTV and became a TV series. And then Josh had a blossoming television directing career. So he's directed for the young listeners, Vampire Diary, Secret Circle, Magicians, The Following, and on and on and on. He's worked with the greats, the TV greats. So again, in keeping with great friendship, and we've been talking about doing an indie film together for a long time, and I have been urging him to do something similar to vlog. I was like, we got to go back to our roots, you know? So we started, long story long, we, last fall, (laughs) yeah, we got together and I was like, let's shoot a proof of concept for like a new age vlog. So we got together and shot that in about October, end of October. And then I told you I did Second Age of Aquarius. And then I went to do Stripped in Reno, Nevada. And so here we are. So we were waiting to kind of go into production on this vlog concept. And then the pandemic hit. So COVID-19 hits, you know, March 12th, whatever it was, and the world goes to hell. And I, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm such a visionary. I don't sit still as you guys know. I'm like, I cannot like respectfully and trust me, I did more. Yeah. I did so much charity work behind the scenes for the actors fund and first responders. And I was giving away selling autographs and donating everything to first responders. And, but so I, I just want to make sure everyone knows like how supportive I was of and respectful to COVID-19. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer in moving forward. We have to forge ahead. We have to stay sane. We have to stay creative. It's the only way. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I call up Josh. We have like a Skype meeting. And I was like, dude, let's film this virtually. Let's film the rest of it virtually. Let's tweak it, twist it. Here's my concept I'm pitching to you, how we can do this. He's like, are you nuts? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, Oh my God, this, you're, this is genius. So then he's so brilliant. And this is what a great collaborative partnership entails. He's so brilliant. He takes my concept idea of shooting these characters now virtually, and he creates an entire umbrella story. He was very familiar with red rooms and this is real listeners. Like I'm not like I'm not hip to this like dark web shit, you know. My love say shit, sorry. But you can I'm say not, whatever like, you want on this. Okay, good. Like I'm not like hip to this dark web shit because that's a little too dark for me. I'm more right. of like you know, you know, I'm this vampy. I'm all about like horror love, you know. <laughs> so like that comes and but it was brilliant and we really did want. I said, you know, here's the thing. I miss my horror. I've done so many comedies and web series and you know sci-fi and like a lot of comedies lately, which I love and wanted to do. And I wasn't running intentionally from horror, but like, I haven't really been inspired by any of the horror scripts I've been given lately. So I was like, I need to do something horror. I need to give my fans back something. And I, I miss everyone. And I want to take something to the horror festival soon again. It's been a couple of years. So we end up doing this. He comes up with this dark idea, you know, again, like exactly what I had asked for similar to vlog. And here we are with red rooms and I executive produced it through Philly chick pictures, my production company, I produced it and he created it and we partnered. And I mean, we put this together, you guys all through the pandemic and isolation and quarantine. No joke. Like very early on. Thank you. It was hard as hell. Legit. Like we Uh. were like, yeah, for any producers out there. I mean, we legitimately were like, I'm sitting there on the phone every day with people's like agents, managers, I'm doing contracts, like, you know, which I always do anyway as a producer, but 
here Josh and I are being like costume designers, art department, you know, he's doing the camera work like a DP while he's directing. I mean, it was cuckoo. I was in video village via FaceTime. I'm not kidding. So (laughs) it was crazy train. So we literally took on every level of production possible and worked our asses off and we did it and got a cast like, okay. So to, again, like veteran horror greats in my humble opinion, like First of all, so I got to star in it with David Alpay from Vampire Diaries. Nice. Right? Suze Lanier Bramlett, who's like my soul sister, who's like one of my besties, and the original Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, wow. We got another shout out to Mr. Ricky Dean Logan, who I had to hire again because he's so talented that we did psychotherapy now, you know, from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh-huh. and. My dear friend of 100 years, Noah Blake, who is such an incredibly talented actor. And, I mean, he was in Teen Witch, Teen Wolf, all those films, all those TV series when he was a kid, <laughs> like a teenager. So we really have some – the most important thing to us was – especially Josh. Josh is a snob, and good for him he should be. You know, <laughs> he's earned it. And, like, we just wanted the most incredible actors. And he wrote this umbrella story for these people that so I got to place these actors that I had you know relationships with in these roles and it was just worked out incredibly and so we did we shot it all of um end of March through April I mean and we shot it all virtually we filmed and we shot like each yeah each person a day Uh uh-huh and like but like real deal like you know not not just okay let's make like a YouTube show right. you know like right. real deal using and then and then josh is being so brilliant we're right now in post-production and he you know i've i've gotten him the best of like the cgi apps and the, like he's really and then shout out to like just the best team i mean luna pan is doing all of the um all of the music and, and like, you know, real, real composition. It's incredible, like real horror, good stuff. And shout out to John Pappas, who did these like graphics for us that are brilliant. And he'll do our movie poster soon as well. And just, it just was an incredible team. And that's what we needed. Like it was hard as hell, but like, it was so important, I think, to do this during a time, such tough times where people were so down and out and it, created an opportunity for not just me selfishly, but and Josh and I talk about that. Like, he's like, I look at this opportunity you created for us at a time when like everybody needed to keep their morale up, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so honestly, originally I have a, a deal, like an output deal with Amazon prime for it, except now it's so nice. damn good. Wait, it's so damn good <laughs> that we are actually thinking that we are going to attempt, you know, like the really prestigious festivals like Sundance and Slam Dance and Tribeca before we even go that route now, because it's turned out better than we ever expected. Absolutely. It sound, yeah, it sounds that's great. Absolutely. No, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, it's raw. It's you that's guys like. are going to let. Yes, yes, I knew that. Like, it's it's so raw. It's like very guy friendly. Like, you're just going to. It's just that's that creepy, dark. <laughs> yeah, horror. Okay. Slime City Massacre. You guys should check it out just because okay. I think it's it's so camp- oh, it's very campy, very fun. It's very like it. horror, sci-fi action. Very well. Are you guys trauma fans? Are you old school trauma fans at all? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So Lloyd Kaufman's in it. Debbie Rashawn is oh, a star. Okay. 
you yeah. know, so Slime City, I only bring it up just because I think you guys would love it. And I think the, you know, your audience would love it. Like, I mean, so that, but I bring it up too, because that's actually like the cult classic style horror film that really made me a scream queen in 2009 that Greg Lamberson, who's another incredible genius, and he had done Slime City in um, 1988, my gosh, in New York City, and it became a cult classic. Right. Slime City. And then 20 years later, he did Slime City Massacre. And he cast me in that. And with Debbie Rashawn, Lloyd Kaufman, Lee Perkins, um, uh, Roy Frumkes. I mean, all yeah, like the old right. school. Old yeah. School, so yep. that's what put me kind of on the map as like a real cult horror gal. And Debbie yeah, Rashawn, mm-hmm. don't even get me started. You know how talented and beautiful she is. Hey, so, I'm in for sure. Absolutely. Right. So what so so what platform can we watch that on at? And anybody else that's listening might want to know, too. <laughs> oh, you know, that's a great question. And that might be why you've missed it lately. So to all the listeners, so it's on DVD, obviously. And then right. it was on – ready for this. This is a, a kind of obnoxious shout-out. So Amazon Prime had it for a year. They pulled it. So we're distributed by Camp Motion Pictures. And then when Amazon Prime revamped and did all that stuff, and they ended up pulling a lot of the cult classic horror films right. that they thought were too graphic because there's oh, wow. one scene where, yeah, Debbie's in oh, a tub geez. and she has like a killer vajayjay. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Uh, that's right out of Camp Street. I love it. That's awesome. Yes. That I sounds mean, like it's from the 80s. That doesn't yeah, sound like it's from the That's why I brought it up. I mean, I thought for sure you guys would be Slime City Massacre junkies. But yeah, it's on <laughs> DVD. You might even be able to get it for free at this point on like YouTube. But I know Camp Motion Pictures distributed us. And I know last I spoke to Greg Lamberson, they, I think, once they had pulled it from Amazon Prime, I think they were going to fight to get it back on. But that was like the end of last year that it disappeared. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really fun one that was honestly one of the lowest, I talk about it all the time, one of the lowest budget films I've ever acted in and one of the greatest experiences I've ever had on a film. I had to go to Buffalo, New York for the month of July in 2009, and I, they treated us like rock stars. Shout out to Buffalo. And Greg Lamberson, yeah, knows his stuff. But, yeah, like Roy Frumkes, and um, he was in it. And then, who? And uh, oh, Robert Bozek. Like all the old school, right. like street right. trash and all those guys, right? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I should know exactly details, but I don't, but I'd have to look it up <laughs> for you and I probably could. So yeah, so for all the real old school horror fans that are listening, like check out Slime City Massacre. I, mean, I think you would uh, Yeah, you should. Yeah. Bob Bozek, Dick Beal, like um bunch of like older horror guys like made an appearance. That sounds great to me. I'll I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> uh you uh so you have another project on the way like in this next uh this coming up month called the morning it it's not exactly horror per se but it has a sci-fi drama feel to it it's coming out on tubi you want to talk to us a little bit about that i do so i love this film and again this is kind of another re-release sort of thing where again like we, we had a release and it was actually on tv on demand for a short time and then they pulled it and then everything went awry when things keep changing with streaming. So now it actually, again, has a fair shot. It's like they're doing a big release of it right now. And it's titled the morning and Mark Klebanoff directed it again, who directed the TV pilot strip that I did with Casper Van Dien. And so it releases on Tubi. In fact, you're the very first ones who are getting to hear this. So again, you're getting another exclusive announcement and it is, it released on Tubi. They don't have the exact date yet, but I'm waiting. And I think it's, I know it's June. So it's like coming in the next like two weeks or so. And so it is a beautiful, beautiful 
indie film that we shot in Michigan a couple of years back. And it stars Michael Walton. It stars King of Phillips. Uh, it stars Dominique Swain, Peter Dobson, Louis Mandalore, uh, Larry Henkin from Home Alone. And now... Um, Oh, Breaking Bad, the movie, and just an incredible, incredible cast. And so we shot that, and it is a it's sci-fi, sort of a drama and sort of a romance love story as well. But it really will pull at your heartstrings, everyone, no matter if you like sci-fi, if you like drama, if you're into romance. Like it just is a beautiful, sad story. And again, I want to be careful, like, you know, how much I talk about it, but it's funny. So I play, you'll love this. So this is, I play kind of like the comedic relief in the film. See, that happens a lot. And I play Lisa, wait, Lisa ass face oh nice yeah yeah lisa ass face so i it's the small town of michigan and i went to like grew up you know the whole lifetime in the small town with with the two leads michael walton and louis mandalore and then they come back from the war and i don't want to give too much away but you'll see and so and it's about life and death and love and supernatural and so they run into they go to like the local bar and they run into lisa ass face and lisa ass face was really like (laughs) <laughs> like an ass face, not attractive and hit on the two of them in high school. And now they come back and she's like, kind of like a little bit of a sex pot, you know, she's kind of hot a little, whatever. I mean, I'm not I'm say that humbly, but that's the point <laughs> of the character. And so she hits on them at the bar again. And so, and he, the one guy doesn't even recognize her, you know, and then Louis Mandalore's like, that's Lisa ass face, you know? And he's like, Oh my God, you know? So, and it kind of <laughs> then trouble ensues. Yeah, of course. And then it becomes this like crazy sci-fi thriller and it's just really well done film that you know and I could sit here and talk and take up seven more shows of yours like for me again it is about I just at this point at my age my life and career like I just love quality projects I love a great script I love a great role right and I'm not like look I don't judge I'm nobody to judge anyone and look at me I've done films like Killer Rack and Slime City Massacre and Dama versus Gracie but Dama versus Gacy but they're smart and the subtext of the script has always been smart. And that's all right. I ever want is to make decent films, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally understand that. Uh, so <laughs> uh, a little bit back in the uh, horror genre here. And we ask what we normally ask all our guests this. I'm really interested to hear your perspective on it. Uh, what scares you? Anything that scared you, whether that be horror movie or Anything else? What is it that scares you, Brooke? Well, besides the obvious, like, I'm the worst Ms. Vampy because I, I am scared shitless of spiders and I'm scared shitless of, like, rats and rodents and shit. Like, yes. Oh, right. my God. Me too. I do not like I mice. Under, I understand. Uh, mice and rats is a no-no oh, over here as well. Oh, <laughs> gross. No, I'll throw up in my mouth. No. So that's, like, the obvious. Um, You know, I get I, – I – don't the thought of being alone and I don't mean like alone in the house or alone in the moment, like being alone in life, you know, of, of not having love and friends and family and my husband now. And like, just the thought of going through life alone scares me. Right. And that's like, I know that's like a deep thing, you know, Real quick shout out, and I'm sure again, because you guys and your listeners are such true blue horror fans, like I love, I happen to be in love with a lot of the French horror films. Are you guys into those at all? I've seen a couple of them. Yeah. So, and I think you would like them. Um, Like there's one, have you ever heard of Inside? Did they do no, an Amer- I've never heard of it. Did they do an American version of it? Because it sounds 
familiar. Do you know they may have? I think they did, and I will tell you it's not nearly as good as the French oh, version, and I think they did. I have no doubt about that. Yes. And go, watch the French version. I'm, I'm not, trust me, I can't, I'm so ADD. I cannot stand looking at, like, subtitles, trust me. But right. inside the French version is so brilliant. What about Martyrs? Are you familiar with Martyrs? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I've seen Martyrs, okay. uh, High Tension. Yes. I've seen a few of them. High Tension. Okay. Yep. I'm with oh, High Tension. Okay. So those two, Martyrs in particular to me, like when I watched that, I, w- I would cry out of fear watching that film, the torture and the, like, and when she is like tortured and beaten and like that. And I guess as I'm talking it, it's a great question, you guys, because it's actually bringing out that whole like female empowerment in me, you know, like those films where they torture women, even, you know, I was about to say the original I spit on your grave, but see, that's like, again, like women revenge. And, you know, I like that too, you know, so, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, because so those are the things that really kind of grab my pull at my like guts, you know, that kind of scary fear of that like alone torture stuff like that. And that's, and that seems to be kind of a trademark of foreign films a lot. I mean, we just got done doing audition a couple of episodes back and that was, you know, that ended right on spoiler alert, nothing but, you know, torture. So Straight it's almost, torture it's almost along yeah. that same, uh, on the same lines. There's a lot of foreign films that do that. It must scare a lot of people. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that made me think of it. Shout out to the beautiful Ashlyn Yenny, who I was on the uh, Bowling for Boobies horror starlets team for Busted Foundation for many, many. I was the co-captain with Sean Decker at Dread Central. Um, you, okay. I don't know if you guys yeah. know that, but yeah. that ended yeah. years ago now. But yeah, I was, you know, I'm a big philanthropist and I was on the horror starlets team. And so Ashlyn Yenny was one of our one of our girls on the horror starlets. And she had just gotten done doing um, Human Centipede. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that made me think of that. So you think like you know and they're very um what from new from amsterdam or whatever but very those films are all done overseas and foreign and um uh what's his name tom six right and right. Yep. yeah and so wow like think about that that's so torture that, yeah, we first, can, we can, that yeah. first human centipede actually is smarter than people give it credit for it's actually saying something the second one is the one that's a little <laughs> wacky. Yeah, the second one <laughs> selling, is a... selling mouse to butts for no reason. The first, yeah. one, the first one actually has smart subtext. It, it, it's even got like Nazi World War II subtext to it. So that's actually a really smart film. I could totally agree. So it made me think totally agree. And that made me think of it like you're so right. Like the the torture in the in the European market and the overseas market and the Chinese market a little bit too. I think with like a lot of the, you know, Chinese right. Japanese horror films, a little different more. That's more like the, you know, the ring and stuff like that. But like, um, yeah, you're so right. And if you think about it, even some of the later, like newer, um, Eli Roth. Right. Right. So true. Like what was that one? The green lantern or not green lantern, green inferno or what? Yeah, something. Green inferno. Green inferno. Oh my God. That was torture. Hostel had a message too. A Green Hostel. Lantern was torture too. I just <laughs> yes. See, we could talk about foreign horror films all day long, and like again, I think a lot of people don't even educate themselves on a lot of the the, the intelligent horror market overseas. Absolutely. Hey, bro. We uh, you know, you you said we're all friends, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a fun question if you don't mind. This I started asking uh. I started this question with the great Miss Lisa Wilcox. Uh, can, you know, you, you know, we are all said that horror fans are the most dedicated, most passionate. 
What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do, or <laughs> the weirdest thing you've ever seen at a convention? So we've been to a couple, and 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 it's a little different now. <laughs> I love that question, and you damn well know I'm gonna have a lot of great answers for it, right? <laughs> okay. Tell us all. Can't wait. Let's okay. Go. Freaking hysterical. Okay, so the two that come to mind. Well, there are several, but there are two that come to mind right away. Okay, so one. I'll never forget this one guy. I'm at Texas Frightmare Weekend, right? So I'm talking like we're talking the big conventions, right? So I'm at Texas Frightmare Weekend. This one guy comes up and he wants to take a photo with me. I'm and I love the fans. So I'm like, yeah, of course. Come on. So he takes a photo with me together. And when he's done, he he goes, I thought he was going to just like kiss my hand like a gentleman would, you know, and he like right. like bent my hand to kiss it. He licked me from my hand up to my like shoulder blade in it like on my skin i'm not oh, kidding no. yes. Wrong with people. No, yes. No, no. yes okay licked me i mean thank goodness that we weren't in COVID i was gonna say then. that's even scarier now <laughs> oh, i know forget it he licked me you guys i mean oh my god okay this is this one's so that's funny but sick this one's actually really funny and i thank god i have a good sense of humor so i am at horror hound weekend 2010 and I'm there as Ms. Vampy. It was the Vampira convention. Okay. And so they were doing like a side convention with her in honor of Vampira. And so I go as Ms. Vampy. And so I have all these like teenage boys like stalking my booth, you know, and they're at my table and they keep wanting to come and talk to me and whatever and take pictures fine. So like toward the end of the one day, I'm standing there and they're like, oh, Ms. Vampy, can we take more? We love you. You're so hot. Can we take some pictures with you? You know, I'm like, of course, take more. So like I'm taking one with like, like they wanted to do like individuals. So I'm taking one and these are, this is a group of like 13, 14 year old boys. Okay. Oh like God. horny little <laughs> adolescent 14 year old boys. So the one, I think oh. they were even younger. They might've been like 12 or 13. So the oh. one takes a picture with me. Yeah. And I'm this vampy and I've got my push up bra on and my leather jacket. And the one takes a picture with me and his friends are taking the photo or snapping the photo and I'm smiling and he finishes the photo and then he grabs my ass. Like smacks me, like right takes like a chunk out of my ass. Yeah, just like yeah, horny little thirteen year old. And I was like, oh my god! I was like, stop that! That's don't do that! That's disrespectful, you know. Then I take a picture with this friend. They're taking the photos again, and the kid takes the picture with me and then grabs my boob. Oh no! (laughs) That's harassment, brother. Oh, oh yes, right before this, long before the Me Too movement, right? right. So uh-huh. I'm like, you horny little adolescent brats. Like, I swear, I go, I go, oh, my God. I was like, I am old enough to be your mother. I was like, I could be your goddamn mother. I was like, uh. stop that. Don't ever do that to women again. But, like, I turned around, and I was like, and then they ran away, like, giggling, you know, like, out of a movie. It was oh so God. cute, I have to oh, admit. <laughs> but, oh, like, yeah. oh, no. But, wait, here's another real creeper one that I'll share. So again, you know, I do a lot of philanthropy and a lot of charity work and stuff. So about probably about six years ago now, I do a charity. They hit me up from this big charity for, um, I can't, I think it was a cancer charity. And I don't remember exactly which one. And they said, Oh, you know what? It was breast cancer one. So I jumped right on it. That's what it was. And, and here's why. Cause they said to me, uh, they emailed me and said, would you be, would you be generous enough to donate like a sports bra, like a sports bra, workout bra, like we're doing, you know, workout, workout cancer, whatever, breast cancer. So I said, absolutely. So it was like a, you know, so it was a sports bra and I had to like autograph it and then they auctioned them off or whatever they did for bids and they made money from our workout bras. Okay. So the guy was super cool who I think he was like a fan, but I had known him like for years chatting on, you know, 
Twitter, whatever. And the guy who was running the event, he emails me. He said, Brooke, can I just share something like total that totally creeped me out? I'm like, of course. He goes, some fan of yours just emailed me and said, I want to make a bid and I'm going to make an even bigger bid. I just need to know, does it smell like Brooke's sweat? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Does it smell like Brooke's like boobs? What is wrong with people? (laughs) (laughs) Swear. Uh huh. Uh, And I mean, I have to, like, again, I have a sense of humor and I have to laugh. Like, you know, because how do you get through this industry, you know, especially the horror world, if you don't have a sense of humor? But, like, when you really think about that, I know I laughed, but, like, other women would have freaked out. Like, we were laughing, the director of this charity and I, but he was like, dude, this is sick. I was, he goes, does this happen to you a lot? I go, all the time. (laughs) All the time. Yeah, all the time. You are validating this question because I have a friend, listens to the show. She asked me, why do you guys ask that question? This is validation right here. This is the reason we <laughs> ask the question. Absolutely. I mean, it's not, I mean, what goes on is that I did um, the, <laughs> the, I used to get this every year, the Kick Up Your Heels, which was another charity I did for an art school for kids in New York for underprivileged kids. And I would do, um, shout out to Dave, and he just ended it this last year and everything that's going on now. Obviously, we can't do it right now. But like, so we would donate a pair of heels. Kick up I your see heels. where this is going already. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You want to finish the story? Because I know you can. Oh, man. <laughs> And he, too, every year would, like, email me, Brooke. He'd be like, One, some fan just emailed me on eBay and said, okay, I'm only making a bid if I can. Can you smell Brooke's feet? Oh. <laughs> Foot fetish yeah. game. <laughs> yep. Wow. I, I feel bad for attractive women in this world, honestly. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all women. Thank you for saying attractive, though. I know. I go. Oh, I tell my husband all the time. Yeah, you know, it's like when you're when you're in your twenties and thirties. Now I'm in my forties. It's like okay, you know, like right. You know, it, you don't. It, I don't get it quite. Well, that's probably not true. Actually, I do get a lot of sickos <laughs> still asking for crazy shit. I get fan mail still. It's like crazy. I get crazy. Yeah, people are nuts. I get emails to my business email. Brooke from fans. Brooke, I'm coming to visit L.A. from Ohio. Can we meet for lunch on Tuesday? Oh, my God. (laughs) I swear to God. I'm like, Uh, what? What? Stalker? What? Listen to all of our fans. Don't do this. Yes. Do not do this. Please don't do this. You look crazy. The, the origin of that question is because we went to Days of the Dead in Atlanta in February, and I don't think any of us had ever been to, to a horror convention before. So this no was way. like opening Pandora's box for us, <laughs> and we could not believe what we were seeing. Tell me. <laughs> and, and that No, I mean, it's just like you could – like the pe- and, there's, and there's no judgment in this, but you, you walked in, and it was a completely different world. Like people dressed up and people, you know – buying very weird items that people were selling like it was very like eye-opening and i don't mean in a bad way but it is the origin <laughs> of the question we walked well, along, the same, like, along those same see? lines felicia felicia rose was there along those same lines and she looked like she was taking some of the brunt of what you were talking yes. about Most 100%. Come up and flirt. it was just 
after they would leave, you would see her face just be like, oh, my God. So, yeah. Totally. I, I <laughs> she and I go back a long way. We've known each other since New York, and I, she's beautiful. And it, absolutely. I mean, I know what she goes through. I've seen Debbie Rashawn, Tiffany Shepis, all the beautiful. Oh, Scout Compton yeah. looked tired. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, I love her. I bet. And she, look, she's young. Yeah. We have the same publicist. She's great. Oh. Okay. Um, so getting back to uh, getting back to everything, um, Brooke, do you have anything else that you're working on that you'd like to uh, tell our listeners about? Oh, my gosh. I mean, so much good stuff is happening in the midst of just trouble in the world. And I'm so grateful. Um, the only other thing, if you guys want to know anything, and again, I know it's not horror, but I know the horror fans will love it anyway. The the TV pilot stripped that we shot and we just finished post-production and it's now um pitched to a couple of streaming and TV networks and Mark Klebanoff wrote it with the late Christoph St. John soap opera star from Young and the Restless. And, um, it is so cool. I it's I play, you know, one of the one of the series regulars and I play Jules and she's a totally obnoxious publicist to the star of the show, which is Mr. Casper Van Dien. So for all the Starship Trooper fans and, you know, I mean, he's been around forever. He's such a uh, veteran. Casper's actually he's actually from Pensacola from my hometown where I live. So, uh, yeah, he, he's a very, very nice guy. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's right. He is from there. Oh, my God, that's crazy. He is amazing. He is so amazing. And to have an opportunity to do a TV series with him was incredible. And we worked so well together. I play his publicist. And Frank Krueger, one of our other producers, who's such a talent, he plays his agent, Neil. And we have Louis Mandalore again from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And Jenny, oh, my God, Casper's wife, Jenny, is just a darling and beautiful and talented as hell, Jenny Wenger. And we have, again, um, a lot of the morning crowd. So you'll see us together over and over again coming up soon we have Suze Lanier Bramlett that I put in it and and Mark Klebanoff cast Larry Henkin again and um oh my gosh I'm like why am I blank oh Dat Fan from Last Comic Standing who is hilarious and Gary O'Neill a lot of comedians it's comedy you know it's comedy drama um you know and Jessica Morris the beautiful Jessica Morris who is a dear dear friend of mine and super talent as well I mean and it just goes on and on like we are so I'm so lucky. I'm just lucky. I think about like the people I've gotten to work with and I'm just lucky. But we, you know, we're about to wrap it up. We just want to really thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, We're definitely looking forward to all your upcoming projects. Do you want to just give a shout out to like maybe your social medias or your website? And and before you do give your shout out to your social medias, all all listeners, don't be a weirdo (laughs) in her DMs. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't, ask don't be asking about boob sweat. Come on. Yeah, guys. don't ask for my panties. Yeah, do not, <laughs> unless it's don't for charity. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, yeah. Yes, we'll all do a charity together, and I'll send a pair of panties. We can auction off. Maybe you guys will make some money. <laughs> hey, yes. Okay. <laughs> so charity. Much. Um, forget charity, but yeah, I, I, I was gonna say shout out to Breaking the Chains Foundation, one of the charities that I'm a celebrity ambassador for. Again, but um, speaking of social media, yes. So I'm very active on Instagram, and that is at Brooke Lewis LA. Twitter as well at Brooke Lewis LA. Facebook, I have the fan page, which I do check everyone. So keep them coming. I love your comments, and that is also at Brooke Lewis LA. And my direct press website is brooklewis.com and everybody check out philly chick pictures if you want to know what i'm in what i have my hands in producing and when things are coming out you can do that as well i love that name philly chick I, pictures i love that's that that's great. I love, yeah. yeah oh and and miss vampy 
for all the horror fans. Go to MsVampy.net or MsVampy.com, and we are still pitching some TV series with Ms. Vampy. Vamp it out for teen girls, and Ms. Vampy Vampy's still undead, and she's not going anywhere. Love it. Sounds great. Thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. You guys are so much fun. I love what you're doing. I love again. I love what your show's about. I'm so I was so excited when my publicist at Cats PR hit me up and said, "Oh, this heart," because I've been doing a lot of podcasts. And then I said, "Let's take a break for a minute. I'm tired." And then when they said, you know, horror, and and then I looked up every, you know, and I was like, "Oh, don't go out there." I was like, "Yes, I want to do it. I want to do it." So I'm so lucky to spend my Sunday night with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank thank you. you. We're lucky as well. We we really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, too. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for supporting a, a Scream Queen OG. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> about that. Yep. I'm proud. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.